Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Platinum Grill in the building. I just want to come on right now and review a movie really quick before Sick comes on here and starts blabbing about films. This motherfucker had me watch a stupid-ass movie. Uh, I don't know why he wanted me to watch this movie. This shit felt like sheep running around with giraffes, you know what I mean? This motherfucker told me to watch Lighthouse. So I just want to... I was going to review it, but I just want to read a one-star review or a half-star review that I read on Letterboxd that I totally and 103% agree with. Uh, it's, a, it's a review by a chick named Zoe. I think it's a chick. I don't want to assume her gender, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's a chick, but it could be a dude or it could be, like, in between, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to make any judgments or anything like that. But uh, I read this review and I totally agreed with it. So instead of giving my own review of this stupid-ass movie called Lighthouse that Sick recommended for me, I'm going to read Zoe's. Uh, it's very concise, you know what I mean? It's hella concise, like a knife running up and down the street with a pig, you know what I mean? Uh, so Zoe says, and I quote, two hours of dudes farting and jerking off and drinking and shitting and screaming and ranting and puking and having mermaid fuck fantasies. Like, really? Like, I think, oh, sorry, end quote. Like, I think that's a perfect fucking review of this film. I don't know what I was watching, dude. All I know is that I was like, man, something's wrong with my TV. It's all black and white and shit. And I was like, oh, hell nah. I ain't trying to watch no motherfucking Perry Mason shit, you know what I mean? And then it was like squared off and shit. And I was like, man, why is my motherfucking screen square? You know what I mean? Like, use the whole TV if you're going to make a movie. Like, I don't know why you're not using the whole screen. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, like, I, I didn't like this movie at all. It, it was pretty shitty. So uh, that's, that's mine and Zoe's half-star review of this stupid-ass movie. All right, I'm going to let Sick get in here and talk about the last five films he watched and shit but yo sick stop recommending movies to me bro i ain't trying to fuck with your dumb shit you know what i mean you're fucking phony like grass on a fucking field of wheat you know what i mean one love in a world where movies are abundant but podcasts are well, well podcasts are also abundant comes another podcast about movies you're listening to Stop talking during movies. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 16 of Stop Talking During Movies. I'm your host, Sick, S-Y-Q, also known as Jesse Luke. Um, today, I'm going to be reviewing and rating the last five ranking, sorry, the last five movies that I watched. Uh, watched a, what do we got? We got three movies from 2019. Uh, four movies from 2019 and one movie from 2020 came out this year. Um, I got a, a okay movie, two very good movies and two great movies to talk about here. All right, so let's just jump into it. A movie from 2019 uh, is a movie that I meant to watch last year before I did my top 10, but I didn't think it would make the top 10. Um, and I was correct. This movie is directed by Richard Linklater. Um, he's a great director, directed Boyhood, uh, before the Before Sunset, Before Sunrise uh, movies, Before Midnight, I mean. Um, uh, Bernie, School of Rock. This movie is called Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Morning, Lucy. Hey, Mom. 
Do you guys remember when you told me if I got perfect grades all the way through middle school, I could have anything I wanted? I think it was to ward off any further talk of a pony. Want to know what it is? I don't know. Do we? A family trip to Antarctica! Ponies are cute, and maybe not as much trouble as we thought. I was taken by her beauty and talent. I'm accompanying the first graders. That's a big deal, B. Can I come? No, you wouldn't like it. The words are way too cute. You might die of cuteness. Yeah, well, I want to die of cuteness. It's my favorite thing to die of cuteness. Where Do You Go, Bernadette, starring Kate Blanchett, Emma Nelson, Billy uh, Crudup, Kristen Wiggs in here. She's very funny. Um, that Lawrence Fishburne making an appearance. I was like, hell yeah. Lawrence Fish Fishburne, hell yeah. I was expecting him to like pull out the pills. What if I told you? Um, this movie is okay. It's not a good movie. It's almost good movie. Almost a good movie. Not a bad movie either. Um, Kate Blanchett is just amazing in this movie. She's a great actress. I think every role she takes, she's just amazing. She um, was extremely good as this manic, depressive, uh, manic, depressed, genius architect. Um, the, the thing about um, Richard Linklater's movies and characters, um, I always find them to be very well developed and very well fleshed out. It's, it's, they're unique. I mean, it, well, I'm not going to say talk about generally. We'll just say for this movie, each character was very unique. It wasn't like I felt like this movie is going to be a paint by numbers type movie, but it was totally not that. It was very, uh, the characters were very well fleshed out um, and just had this, had backstories that were unique and different and not typical that uh, of um what you usually see in movies you know i kind of thought this was going to be a basic movie but it was uh it was it was not that um i love that the movie took its time with the characters um, and their interpersonal relationships with each other um but the la and especially during the first two thirds of the movie i think where and for, for the first two thirds of the movie actually i thought this is a good movie. I wasn't in love with it, didn't love everything I was watching, but I liked it all. But the last third of the movie, I think, just took a, a complete dive off a cliff. So this movie is about a, an architect, genius architect woman in Cape Blanchett. She's kind of uh, dissatisfied with her life. She has a husband and a daughter. Uh, the daughter whom uh, the daughter, she's very close with the daughter. They're basically like best friends, as the daughter says at one point in the movie. The husband and her are um, kind of having a rough patch, but it's not, you know, it's a rough patch and it seems like the marriage is not going great, but it's not one of the, it's not like a typical blowing up marriage uh, that you would see. You know, it's not like marriage story or something like that. This is a, a couple that loves each other, but they're having some problems. And it mainly stems from Kate Blanchett's character not doing what she loves, which is being an architect. She's a genius architect. She, you know, she, she had to give up her, what well, I don't want to tell the whole story, but th there's a backstory there. Um, and she's dissatisfied with everything. And it, the, the, the inciting incident basically is the daughter wants to, uh, for her, uh, high school present, I guess, um, wants to go on a trip to Antarctica. Um, 
And that's where the movie basically starts out. Where um, Kate Blanchett is very nervous about taking this trip because she's going to have to be around people. And she has huge and extreme social anxiety. She doesn't want to be around any of these people. She doesn't want to go anywhere. Um, very much um, doesn't like to be around people. Um, and that's made evident very quickly. Um, at, but then where it goes in the last third of the movie, there's just extreme ultra convenient, um, plot contrivances at the end, just things happening at just the right time, just the right moment. Um, it seems to be rushed at the end. It's like if this movie weren't so, um, like, like I think they could have easily broken this movie up into several parts and, um, it would have been done better, but there's no way you could break this movie up into several parts and expect it to work or expect people to like it. Because like I said, I was watching the first part of this movie, the first half of this movie. And I thought, yeah, it's a good movie, but I am not really super interested in what's going on. They're, they're good characters. Um, but this is not something that had they broken it up into two pieces. I, there's no way I would go back for part two for this movie. So I, I see why they have to, it, it, it is one story that, uh, it works. It works as a uh, one story, I guess. You have to kind of all put it in there. But at the end of the movie, it just feels like it's all rushed, and everything is just completely contrived and works out perfectly. Dropped huge, as uh, as the president would say, it dropped hugely in the last uh, third of the film. Did not like that last part, but there's enough here for me to say that this is almost a good movie. It's an okay movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just, um, the end fell off quite a bit. It wasn't horrible though, but I don't know. I don't think I'd recommend this, but it's right on the brink of, you know, good, almost a good movie. All right. Uh, number the fourth best movie that I watched number four, uh, this movie, I, I'm going to be honest here. Okay, I, I wasn't going to say this, but I guess I should just say it. I did not watch five movies last week, and I'm starting to think that I may not be able to do this podcast um, weekly because five movies a week, uh, a lot of a lot of the times I can do that, but man, there's been, uh, uh, in all honesty, there's been two or three weeks that I've only been able to get in four movies or something like that. This week, I only got in three Um. And so the next movie I'm going to talk about, the number four, I kind of had to take from, uh, it's not a movie that I watched last week. I saw this movie last year preparing for my top 10 list. Um, my wife and I watched it with my daughter. Um, and yeah, just wanted to include it in this list cause I only had three movies, but yeah, this movie is from 2019. I was considering it for my top 10 movies of the year. It's uh, directed by Rupert Gould. Movie is Judy. There's a girl who's prettier than you. Maybe their nose is a little thinner at the bridge. They have better teeth than you. Or they're taller. Or they're slimmer. Only you have something none of those pretty girls can ever have. You know what that is? No, sir. You have that voice. It'll maybe take you to Oz. Someplace none of those pretty girls can ever go. Still, I'm told you're unhappy. 
Well, no, sir. Not unhappy. I'd just maybe like a little more time. Time? For what? I don't know. Maybe to go to the pictures like those other girls do. The thing is, those other girls will grow up to be cashiers, and farmers' wives, and elementary school teachers, and they'll see their skins roughed up through housework. Is that what you want, Judy? To be just a housewife? To be just a mother? Out there, you'd have to put away that voice of yours. Forget it exists. But here, with us, with your family, that voice will make you a million dollars before you're 20. Those average kids, they're all loved in their way. I can see how you may be drawn to it from time to time. They're small lives, not too dangerous, not too exciting. They're where they belong. And maybe you feel like you're like them. But really, you're not. You live in another world entirely. They just look like you. But if you truly want to go join them, it's your decision. We'll shake hands and you can walk through our gates. I guarantee it's all there. The rest of America just waiting to swallow you up and forget all about you. Like a raindrop falling into the Pacific. Who cares? Who even notices? Of course I want to stay with the studio LB. Any girl would kill to be Dorothy. I'm just terribly sorry if... I didn't even say anything to anyone. You're my favorite, Judy. Judy, starring Renee Zellweger. Uh, this movie is about Judy Garland. It's a biop about Judy Garland. Um, and Ju uh, Renee Zellweger won Best Actress at the Oscars last year for this role. Um, I was a bit skeptical about her um, in this role. I, I remember when she won the Oscar, I thought uh, she had won the Oscar before I watched the movie. So I hadn't seen it. And I thought, there's no way that Renee Zellweger deserves this Oscar. Um, how could her how could her, her performance be that good? All the clips I had seen from the movie seemed like. I don't know. I was extremely distracted by her plastic surgery, to be honest. It would her, her acting, her face, like everything just kind of was distracting to me. And when I was watching her performance, just in the clips on the trailer and stuff like that, I was just like, oh, there's no way this uh, performance can be that good. But then we watched the movie and I was extremely blown away. I was very wrong about this performance. She was incredible in the movie. Uh, one of the best performances I've, uh, for sure, one of the best performances from last year, if not the best, um, well, definitely not the best. I have a clear number one, that's Florence Pugh from Midsummer, but <clears throat> this is a worthy contender to that for me. Um, I'm not upset that she won this at all compared to the other roles that I saw. She was incredible. Um, the, it, it makes you... I just felt a lot of empathy for her. She she totally disappeared into the role. I forgot it was Renee Zellweger. So many different, uh, basically throughout the entire movie. 
Um, a beautiful performance from her. The movie itself, the story and everything was also very well done. I enjoyed it very much. Um, and for sure, I'm going to view The Wizard of Oz now through a different lens or, or in a different light after watching this movie. But <clears throat> I really like this movie. It's a very good movie. Um, had I watched it, well, I did watch it before I uh, compiled my top 10. Um, it was just outside of the top 10 for sure, but very, very good movie. Highly recommend Judy. Um, what sold me on watching this movie, to be honest, um, so I knew she won the Oscar and that's, you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, maybe I should check it out. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not watching every single Oscar nominated movie. You know, every, uh, I watch all the best pictures, but I'm not going to watch every movie from, you know, the best act, uh, supporting actress every movie in that category every doc every short film i try to watch a lot of them but i'm not going to get to every single one of them so that was kind of a motivation for me but what really but you know i'm not gonna that's just not gonna happen every year so but what kind of really motivated me to watch this movie was seeing or hearing about first and then seeing the scene of young dorothy on the set of wizard of oz uh talking to the director and that just kind of sold me. I, I, I love to be transported back in time through movies. And in and just that scene in particular seemed very fascinating to, fascinating to me. Wizard of Oz is, you know, an all-time classic. And it was just kind of intriguing to me to get a behind-the-scenes, um, as fictionalized by this movie... Uh, take or whatever on on uh, Judy Garland behind the scenes on the set of The Wizard of Oz. Very good. Um, yeah, really like this movie. Judy, very good. All right, the number three movie that I watched um, over the last five days, this movie, I, or last week, I did watch this movie. I actually watched it two days ago. Wanted to rewatch it because, uh, well, I'll get into it. It's from Robert Eggers. It's his sophomore film. It's The Lighthouse. Stood pale death with treble dread, make the Ossian caves our bed. God who hears the surges roll, deign to save the suppliant soul. Still tastes of the egg. I'll find some charcoal in ye lad. Now's the time for gab and chatter. Let's be enjoying it. Come a fortnight, the brace of us will be wanting to be ever silent as the tomb. I much for talking. Reckon you're the first. Bastard! You've lost yourself! You left your old lady. Should pale death with treble dread make the Ossian caves our bed? God who hears the surges roll, deign to save the suppliant soul. Still tastes of the egg. I'll find some charcoal in ye lad. Now's the time for gab and chatter. Let's be enjoying it. Come a fortnight, the brace of us will be wanting to be ever silent as the tomb. I much for talking. Reckon you're the first. No, sir, I don't. You ain't. You ain't. 
Chicopee. Fine hands she were. Clean built and trig looking. None more fleet in 64 than she. We were on the brakes. A mutiny it were. Why ask you why? What's the terrible part of a sailor's life? Ask you lad. Tis when the work stops when you're twixt wind and water. Doldrums, doldrums. Eviler than the devil. Boredom makes men to villains and the water goes quick lad. Vanished. The only medicine is drink. Keeps them sailors happy, keeps them agreeable, keeps them calm, keeps them stupid. Robert Eggers, a lighthouse. If you don't know who Robert Eggers is, Robert Eggers is the director of an all-time great film, The Witch, that came out uh, a couple years ago. This is his sophomore uh, feature. This movie I was looking forward to maybe more than any other movie from last year. I was really excited for this movie. Um, it's it's basically everything I want in a movie. It's artfully done, great acting. The time period is incredible. I've always been this huge sucker for the sea and uh, this time period, the late eight or the late nineteenth century, late eighteen hundreds. Um, really love a lot of it. It's a smaller movie. It's a two-hander, basically. Two char- two main characters. Was really looking forward to this movie. Stars Robert Pattinson, uh, William Defoe, um, and basically that's pretty much all the characters in the movie. There's a few other small characters that I want don't want to talk about, but it's ninety nine percent of the movie is those two characters. Um, this movie is period perfect i would say it's i mean it's the dialogue is straight out of this era as far as i can tell uh it's the same thing with the witch too when uh during the witch or with the witch robert eggers did the same thing where the dialogue was very authentic um of the dialect of the time as far as i can tell honestly i'm not an expert in it obviously but same with this movie too the lighthouse they all talk like that winslow we are on the sea, or I don't know, you know, how do, how do fucking, how do they talk? I don't know, I have to uh, give you a clip, but basically, like, you almost need captions, you know, you, all, you almost need the subtitles on for this movie, or the captions on, because I, you can't pick up everything they're saying, I mean, it's very difficult, um, I hate watching movies with the captions on, I do not like that, um, and I didn't do it on, this is, I, by, by the way, I should uh, let this be known, this is a rewatch for me, I watched it um, when did I watch it? I don't know. I definitely watched it before my top 10 list from last year. It did not make my top 10 list. It was very close. Um, but no, it didn't, didn't, it wasn't one of my favorite movies from last year, even though it was one of my most anticipated movies from last year. But I rewatched it because, uh, when I first watched it, I watched it with the wife and she absolutely hated this movie. She did not like it. And her, dislike of the movie was palpable in the room i mean i could feel her hatred for this movie and she even said it a couple times like oh like very angry about it you know so and and that rubs off on you i remember i watched the irishman with her and i really liked the irishman the first time i watched it but you know i was watching it with her and she was grumbling throughout did not like that movie 
And when I rewatched it, I absolutely loved the movie. I just loved it. Loved everything about it. I think it was my number three movie from last year. <clears throat> Let's see. Yeah, third best movie from last year for me. Um, and I wanted to do the same with The Lighthouse um, because this is one of those movies that's just right up my alley. I felt the second time watching this movie the exact same way I felt the first time I watched this movie. This is a three and a half out of five stars for me. A very good movie, but I don't love this movie. There, there's far too many things I dislike about this movie. Um, the acting, let's, let's start with some of the good stuff. The acting in this film is incredible. All time, all time acting greatness in this movie. William Defoe, especially. He is so goddamn good in this movie. Um, if I were to do a top 10 characters from the last decade, um, his Thomas in this movie very well might make my uh, top 10. Great character. He looks the part. He acts the part. He sounds like the part. Everything about this, his character in this movie is very, very good. Loved it. Pat, uh, Robert Pattinson is extremely good in this movie as well. His performance is incredible. Um, <clears throat> the atmosphere is immersive. Um, it just feels like you, you feel the, the waves, you, you can smell the salt, the brine, the, the sea, you can feel it. I mean, it's so immersive, but I think the black and white, this movie is shot hundred percent black and white. I think that hurts the movie a bit. Um, why not shoot this? It's also shot in an aspect ratio ratio. That's basically like a square. Why make this movie like that? Why not do a wide, uh, wide angle on this movie why not not wide angle but a, uh you know like a a wide screen uh, aspect ratio for this movie i mean i guess i shouldn't ask why because that's what robert eggers wanted to do he wanted to give you this this feel this old timey feel um for this movie um but man i just a lot of this movie i'm watching it and i'm thinking what it could have been had the had what I perceived them to be flaws been remedied. Um, I thought the black and white hurt it a bit. I would have loved to have seen a lot of these scenes with the color, the, you know, the beautiful sea, the lighthouse itself, a lot of the um, different things that, about this movie to see all of that in color and brilliant color um, with an aspect ratio that didn't kind of box you in. but And I get it. That's the point. He's trying to box you in kind of because these two characters are locked together in a lighthouse. Um, and it, and there, it's, it's intended to give you a claustrophobic feeling. I get it. I understand that. I appreciate um, the way it's shot. It's an artful way to shoot a movie. It's, it's layered. It's um, I, I like that aspect. I just... Watching it, I'm thinking, I want to see more. I would like a richer uh, visual experience. Um, with that being said, some of the shots, as they were, were beautiful and stunning. And I loved it. I, I loved a lot about it. But that just, you know, that just kept nagging at me a little bit. Um, <clears throat> um, I, I, yeah, like I said, I really appreciate that, that uh, aspect of the movie. But um, I love the authenticity of the dialogue. Um, it just felt real, you know, that some of the scenes in this movie, some of the uh, the dialogue between Pattison and Defoe is just so goddamn good. I love it. I love it. It's so brilliant. 
Um, several scenes will stick with me throughout this movie. I, I know when I did um, on our episode with my wife, I did our top 10. When we, when we did our top 10 from 2019, I said, oh, oh, I got to play a top uh, the number one scene of the year. And it was from this movie. Um, the scene where Robert Pattinson's character Winslow says he doesn't like the cooking of Thomas. It was such a great scene. Loved it. Um, it's a powerful, I mean, it's powerful. There's a lot of spots of humor in this movie. Um, <clears throat> the monologue, there's a monologue given by Thomas, by, uh, William Defoe's character in this movie as he's being, uh, having dirt thrown on his face. It's just stunning and beautiful. And I love that scene. It's so good. So good. Um, <clears throat> that's the thing about this movie is there are scenes in this movie that are like, you know, they could easily be like, they, they would define the best movie of the year for sure. In, in a lot of other movies or in a, in a lot of cases, like, yeah, you do top 10 scenes of a year or something like that, or top performances of the year. This has all of that in it. But with that being said, oh, then there's a seagull death, uh, um, a seagull death scene, which is uh, amazing. Um, but what I didn't like about it, did not like the ambiguity, way too ambiguous, um, way too, <clears throat> way too, it just felt like a cheap, I don't, I, without giving too much away in terms of spoilers, it felt like a cheap way to end everything or to tell the story that, that he was trying to tell. It just felt like you undermined everything by... By not by being so ambiguous, by um, yeah, I, I just it was I felt undermined by its ambigu ambiguity. Um, I mean, was it all a di like I don't know what? How can I talk about this without spoiling it? Was it? J just know that this is a ambiguous movie. So me saying this, it's not really giving away anything. I mean, was this all a dying dream of a man? Was Winslow slowly going mad? Was Thomas slowly going mad? Was there really, um, oh, I can't even say that. I mean, were there certain characters in this movie? I mean, is it, are there, are there creatures in this movie or is it a figment of imagination? Do we, did we really need to see Defoe, um, you know, with lights coming out of his eyes? Do we need all the farting, all the shitting, all that, all that stuff in the movie? I don't know if we did. Just a lot of like, a lot of disgusting talk in the movie, I guess. And I think I'm starting to notice a bias of mine as I'm doing these podcasts um, towards like I don't like ugly things in movies. Not that I don't appreciate dark movies like, you know, not not that I don't like dark, horrifying movies. You know, I just don't like ugly. I don't even know how to say it. Gross. I guess gross. I don't like gross things. And this movie was very gross. Uh, did not like a lot of that. I mean, I don't, I don't need to see the characters farting all the time or shitting. I don't actually need to see their feces, you know, like, I don't know. I, that stuff just kind of bugged me. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Was, was there really something mystical about the lighthouse or was it just, you know, like, was it all a figment of imagination? That's one of the things I hate in movies is it, when you're left with the idea that this could have all just been a dream. Or it could have all been a figment of imagination. I hate that shit. I feel like it's a cheat. Um, it's just, you know, I don't know. It's juvenile. There's a lot of juvenile stuff in this. There's a lot of stuff that's ill-suited to this, to what's otherwise beautiful about it. 
Oh, just I, some just those are some of my problems with it, but all in all, I mean, it's just it it is a very very good movie, and this movie is not for everyone. I can see people absolutely hating this movie and despising it, like my wife, and I can kind of see I, I think they're kind of justified in not liking this movie, but and I can also see somebody saying this is the best movie that they saw all year last year. This is a masterpiece. I can totally see that as well, which is why I rewatched it. I wanted to see if I had missed something the first time. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a very good movie. I am high on it. I think it's very good. I just, I can't say that I love the movie. I love a lot about it, but I also dislike a lot about it as well. So yeah, three and a half star movie for me. Very good movie, which is a very good movie in my rating system. Um, almost made my top 10 last year. Did not quite crack that top 10 though. All right, the number two movie that I watched, and again, I have to admit this, I did not watch this movie last week, but um, thought I'd just throw it in there because I haven't talked about this movie, and <clears throat> this movie came out, I think it was originally released in 2018, um, but I am considering it a 2019 movie because the U.S. release date was 2019, so it's the first time I could have saw it. Um, this was in strong contendership for my top 10 of the last year. I think this was the number 11 movie of last year for me. It was the one I just barely knocked off. Really loved this movie. Director Jennifer Kent's Nightingale. Or sorry, The Nightingale. Sing a song. The one for me. I wish I were on yonder hill. We don't want no trouble. That's just the way, isn't it? You don't want trouble, but sometimes trouble wants you. Tis there I'd sit and cry my fill. Get me to the soldiers that came by this morning. It's too dangerous. Up north, they kill us. You sure you want to follow him? Every tear would turn a man. They close. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I don't want no trouble. The Nightingale, Nightingale, sorry, uh, directed by Jennifer Kent, who's the director of The Baba Duke, um, starring, I don't know if I can say her name correctly, but Aisling Franciosi. I don't know. It's Australian. I can't say it very well. Sorry. Um, and by Kali Ganambar, I guess, and Sam Claflin. Sorry, I'm butchering these names. <clears throat> this movie is very beautiful. This movie is also shot in an aspect ratio that's un, uh, not traditional. It's uh, kind of like a square. Um, very, very good movie. This movie is set, <clears throat> also set in the 1800s, I believe. Is it the 1800s? Yeah, early 1800s in Australia. Um, it tells the tale of a woman who is battered and beaten and brutalized by the British colonizers of Australia. Um, it's a beautiful movie. It, it depicts some real horrific, horrific violence. It's a very intense, it's, um, maybe a little too, like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a flaw, but it's definitely a flaw for me. It's a little bit over the top in its gratuity, a little bit too gratuitous. Um, there's extreme scenes of violence and rape 
and murder. Very, very gr grotesque things going on in this movie. Um, a little bit over the top, to be honest, um, without talking ex uh, uh, explicitly about a scene that happens in the first act. I think, you know, it's in the first act, so it's not technically a spoiler, I guess, but <clears throat> talking about it would kind of give away a lot. But there is a scene early on in the movie that I can totally understand people watching or coming up upon and saying, no, I'm done. Not going to watch this movie. Um, it involves a child, young baby. Um, <clears throat> very grotesque. I can understand somebody not wanting to watch this movie. This is a movie my wife could not watch. She hated a scene where a kid, uh, where a young a kid was killed in a movie called Lady Macbeth. Um, she was ac absolutely traumatized by that. And this movie has a similar type scene that I'm giving away too much about, but very horrific. Um, and that's how the movie, that's basically the inciting incident. Um, and then, you know, things and that, and basically it's her revenge story, her, her, um, journey to get revenge on these evil, evil fucks in this movie, like really horrible people. Um, like I said, I, some of the violence and uh, gratuity is a little over the top and it loses its effectiveness when it, it goes to that extreme. For me, it does at least. I, at a certain point, I was just like, ugh, okay, well, I get it. It's, it, this is, these people are evil. This is gruesome. Um, but there's great performances here, unique characters, uh, especially the leads. Great themes here, great subtext of uh, powerful people with absolute power and the corruption that comes with that, um, the dehumanizing of the other, of people you think that are, are not, you know, they're beneath you, they're subhuman. A lot of things about racism here, a lot of uh, themes of racism here. Very good, very well done, loved a lot about this. The nightmare scenes in this movie, there's some scenes depicting nightmares that are so goddamn true to uh, panic attacks that I've had. I've had uh, panic attacks before, and, and the, this movie captures those better than I've ever seen in, in, in movies, period, ever. It's so goddamn good. Um, with characters screaming uh, in a very bizarre and unhuman-like way. Really loved those scenes. I mean, that kind of pushed it over the edge to be a great movie for me, those scenes. Everything else I really liked. I, I don't have much problem with this movie. I really liked everything I was seeing. It was beautiful. And then those nightmare scenes just pushed it over the edge to make this movie something that I really love and really connect with. Um, really like The Nightingale. Um, just barely missed my top 10 from last year. Highly, highly recommend The Nightingale if you can stomach grotesqueness and very gratuitous scenes of violence. All right, the number one movie that I watched over the last five. This one I did watch uh, this past weekend. The Hunt from 2020. Hey there. Help you? A pack of lights, please. Coming right up. You want to fill her up? I don't have a car. Oh, he walked over. Oh. Everything okay? 
I lost my wallet. Oh. It's for um emergencies. You want some matches with that? Yeah. A little sweaty. What state is this? Sorry. You don't understand the question? Oh no, I didn't just most people know where they are. <laughs> Why ain't most people? You're in the glorious state of Arkansas. Is there anything else? in Arkansas only cost six bucks. You fucked up, bitch! The Hunt, directed by Craig Zobel, um, starring, uh, well, you know, it's kind of funny. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to talk about who's in this movie without spoiling what's great about this movie, but Betty Glip, Gil, Gilpin, Betty Gilpin, um, there's a couple other people in here I'm not gonna talk about. Ethan plays in here, um, one of the other mains I'm not going to say uh, because it's kind of a reveal her character is. Um, a lot of these characters in here. This movie blew me a goddamn way. Um, I was expecting a good movie. I was expecting something interesting, but I was expecting something um, fairly typical. A, a uh, you know, the hunt. It's uh, liberals, elite liberals hunting stupid rednecks. Um kind of a satire on the political environment. I thought that was what uh, American political environment. I thought that's what was going to happen here. And it is kind of what happened. There was satire here, but this movie right from the beginning, from the opening, I don't even want to talk too much about this movie because right from the opening, it defied all my expectations. I was totally blown away. I was laughing throughout. I was like, did not expect where this movie was going at all. Um, right after the first, uh, I'd say first 10 minutes, I was like, okay, so <clears throat> to be completely honest, the first uh, moments of this movie, I'd say the first like five minutes of this movie or three or four or five minutes, something like that. I was like, yep, I know exactly what this movie is. It's exactly what I expected. I mean, that's early on to make that judgment. I get it. But I was just like, okay, yeah, this is what I, I sat down to watch. I'm expecting it. I'm sure it's going to be funny and good. And then um, when these liberal elites early on, this is the first, you know, 10 minutes, they get these right wingers to, um, the woods basically, and they let them free. And there's a, a big chest or something or this big uh, crate in the middle of a field. And it's like the hunger games. All these conservatives have to run towards the crate and, uh, take the gags off that they have in their mouth and they open the crate and there's weapons in there. And this is the hunger games basically. Uh, or similar, you know, and from that scene right there early on, right as a few things start happening, all my expectations go out the window. I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? This is incredible. Um, did not go the way I was expecting from then on. I Even me saying this, if you haven't seen the movie, I feel like I'm ruining it a little bit for you because <clears throat> if you know that you're going to be surprised, then being surprised is not very surprising. Now you can put that on a Hallmark card. I'm cool with it because uh, just give, you know, send me some money. But um, right away, very good. And then what What even put made this movie even better was the lead character, B 
Betty Gils, Gil, Gilspin. How the hell do you say her name? I don't, I'm not familiar with her. Betty Gilpin. Her character is so goddamn badass. I love this character. So good. You're rooting for her. She's an awesome character. Um, I, I just loved her character. I, like right away. I was just like, this is an amazing movie. Um, there's a few turns that the movie takes and I was, Honestly, I was just totally blown away. I was like, I can't believe that this movie is this goddamn good. Now, I don't know if this, uh, if me really loving this movie is a, the result of low expectations or if it actually is that good. I don't know. Maybe you'll go in and, you know, be like, oh, yeah, whatever. It was not that great. Um, I know this movie is not getting great reviews. It's not getting horrible reviews, but it, it's mixed. It's all over the place. You kind of expect that with a movie sat- satirizing uh, the political climate. Um, and honestly, I don't even think that's the strongest. It's definitely not the strongest part of this movie. The political satire is, you know, it's funny. It's good, but it's not deep on any level. It's not like a really, I I never thought like, oh man, I am really, uh, you know, thinking or taken aback by the depth of thought in this movie about the political climate. That's not what this movie is. It's not a deep analysis of the political climate. By in any mean, by any stretch, that's what I thought I was going in for. I thought I was going to see somebody, uh, this director and this right and these writers to to uh, make a a strong commentary on what on the political landscape of the United States right now. But what you got is you did get that, but it wasn't that that wasn't the the heart of the movie. Well, the heart of the movie was was Betty Gilpin, her character, um, the fun you have following her character through this very funny and uniquely, I don't even want to say unique, but differently told um, story. Um, and and the format of the story is really good. I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't talk too much about this movie without giving too much away. I don't want to oversell it because I feel like, um, you know, if you haven't seen it and, and you hear me talking about how great it is, that could, you know, it could undermine the effectiveness of this movie, but I really love this movie. Um, right now, uh, for 2020, this is, you know, this is number one or two uh, in terms of the best movie I've seen this year, for sure. I mean, uh, the platform, I really love the platform as well. That's right there with this movie, but I I love The Hunt. I thought it was, it was way, it's so much better than I thought, so much different than I thought. Um, yeah, great lead character i mean is this such a badass chick at the center of this goddamn movie i loved it um definitely want to rewatch this i really want to get my wife to watch it but she is not in for this type of movie it's very gory very bloody um i don't know if she'll like that but god i think she would like this goddamn movie because of the lead character and the different paths this movie takes um yeah the hunt four out of five stars great movie for me it's a great movie um i I definitely can see this movie making my top 10 at the end of the year. I mean, right now, I mean, so yeah, for sure. I mean, like last year, I think I had 13 or 14 movies that were rated for me four stars or above. Um, And so, you know, three of those movies didn't make the list. Like the Nightingale was a four star movie for me. Didn't quite make the list. So the hunt could find its way off the list. But and all this is probably very unimportant to you. I get it. But this movie right now, as it stands, I mean, I just don't see a way this movie's not making my top 10 at the end of the year. I love The Hunt. Blown away by how good it was. All right. Um, that's all it for this episode. And a quick rundown of the movies we, 
uh, talked about. Uh, the worst movie I watched was uh, we'll go from five to five to one. Where'd you go, Bernadette from 2019? Judy from 2019 at number four. Number three, The Lighthouse from 2019. Number two, The Nightingale from 2019. And the best movie I watched, The Hunt from 2020. All right. Um, I will be back next week with uh, another set of five movies. Hopefully they will be legit five movies. The last five movies I watched. We'll see how that goes. It's hard to fit in five movies, to be honest. Thought it would be easier. There was a stretch there during the last year or during this, uh, the last few months where, yeah, I was easily watching five movies a year, uh, week, but starting to slim down a little bit, to be honest. All right. Well, uh, next week I'll try to be back at that with five. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Until next time, stop talking during the movies. Talk during my horror, then there's gonna be horror. You talk during my comedy, that don't bother me. When I'm watching my movie, just don't talk to me. Talk during my gangster flick, I get gangster. Talk during my sci-fi, me my lightsaber. Talk during my comedy, that don't bother me. When I'm watching my movie, just don't talk to me. When I'm watching the scary movie, don't say it. Whoa, 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 that was scary. When we're watching the drama, baby. What, what, what just happened? When we're watching a scary movie, don't say Whoa, 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 that was scary. When we're watching a drama, baby, don't ask What, 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 what just happened?